Hey, and welcome to Free the Geek FM. In this episode, I have a fireside chat with the one, the only, Code Rabbi about his wisdom as a service world tour. We talk about what it's like to run the tour, the time involved, the energy required, and how it's been received. We also talk about the value of human skills, otherwise known as soft skills, the value of getting up, sharing your knowledge with the community via public speaking, and much, much more. Hello and welcome back to episode four of Free the Geek FM. This is an episode that I've been I've been really really excited to put together for some time now. It's one that I admit I, I do have to apologise. The date the date slipped and the date slipped and the date slipped. I know, I know. I've alluded. I've said. I've I've even put on the about page uh, just today that every two weeks there's going to be an episode. And it's a promise that I mean, and it's a promise I'm really serious about. But unfortunately, and this is a bit of a personal thing, I've had some weird, odd, damn virus or something's going on. It's really sad, honestly, because the doctors can't find it, and I've been to a number of them. And it really, it, it, it blew me away. I was just, I was going so well, I was on schedule, I recorded the interview with Code Rabbi, an interview that, I mean, you know, I'm into schedules and, and we're both busy. It took a while to set up. I was going to get it ready. I was going to put this part together. And then wham, I'm just laid out in hospital out of the blue for a week. You know, th- there I was, you know, if I, if I can deviate from the show just a bit, there I was on, you know, th- three days into thinking, oh, you know, oh, I'm feeling a bit rough, but it'll get better. It'll get better. Typical Aussie male. And then. No, three days later, it's not gotten better. Wife says to me, we, we're going to get to the hospital. And I, and she said, can you get to the car? And I said, uh, not really. Can you call an ambulance? I kid you not. Uh, there I was on, on, on my sofa. Before I know it, I've got an emergency doctor, his offsider, two ambulance officers and a trainee. I'm pumped full of morphine and something else. I, they said Novocaine. I'm guessing that's Novocaine. And a week later, yeah, I'm checked out of hospital. So I really just, the, the reason I'm embellishing that is I just want to say sorry. I I meant to have this a couple of days ago. I do feel really bad about this. So thanks for being patient. Thanks for bearing with me, especially as this, this is a new podcast. Anyway, with that being said, as I alluded to a bit there, I'm really excited in this episode to present my fireside chat with Code Rabbi, where we talk about his amazing Wisdom as a Service World Tour. Just briefly, before we get into it, if you're not familiar with Code Rabbi, if, if you're not familiar, if you're not with the name, if you haven't heard about him yet, he's a, he's a really interesting fella who is a rabbi, who is also a developer, as he says though, not always at the same time. And he's been giving this talk for, I, I believe, over the course of the last year, where he he gives kind of a, 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 um, aged wisdom, if you will. This is my off-the-cuff take on it. He gives off-the-cuff wisdom, yet through through the vein of of ancient Talmudic wisdoms and knowledge, 
I won't say more than that. I mean, definitely check out Wisdom as a Service. I'll, I'll have a link in the show notes. It's definitely something that you don't want to miss out on. Anyway, with that being said, today, what we're going to talk about, in addition to, or what I'm going to talk about, in addition to the fireside chat, is public speaking. Now, the reason for that is twofold. And those are, firstly, I think public speaking, as as Cal Evans and Code Rabbi have been have been talking about quite quite often, at least in the messages that I've been hearing, is that it's public speaking is great because you get the opportunity to give back to the community, the community from which we all learn, from which we all benefit. And I think that's something that that really can't be understated, you know, that that each of us learn, but each of us have the opportunity con- to contribute. I must say though, you know, speaking from from personal experience, I've I've fallen into also I've fallen into also that that classical mistake of thinking that well I'm I wouldn't really think I'm an expert as such I'm not a a PHP core contributor I'm not a, a core contributor to say Zen Framework or the mo- more notable libraries so does my knowledge does does my experience does it really count I believe, and well, I'm, I'm coming to believe that it always does. You know, no matter what you do, no matter who you are, even uh, even if you're a right beginner, I think we all have something to share. We all have a take on it. We all have a a perspective that can be and likely is of value to someone else. Now, that someone else doesn't need to be, you know. Um, a beginner or someone who may seemingly have less experience than you do. They can be someone with far, far more seeming experience than you do. Yet your perspective on it, your way of looking at it, and sometimes a way of looking at it with fresh eyes can be far more valuable than more seasoned eyes can give them, even with their advanced skills, you know, just that little bit extra knowledge that, that helps them see it better, do what they do better, quicker, simpler, and so on. So I think it's really, it's really, really important to at least consider looking at your skill set, looking at your knowledge, looking at your experience, and, and strongly consider public speaking as a way of giving back to the community. Now, this might be your first time thinking about it or hearing about it. So you might rightly be thinking, how can I do that? But before I touch on that, sorry, the other reason that I believe it's important is from a reputation and a personal brand or a career brand perspective. Because think about it, how often do we find, find ourselves out there, maybe not capping in, maybe that's a little bit harsh, but looking for the next role. Now that can be because your current role just isn't as interesting anymore after say uh, a year, a couple of years. You may have um, the relationship with one or more colleagues where you are may have gone sour. You know, there can be any number of reasons why you're looking to move on. One of the hardest ways, I personally believe, is when you really don't know anybody and no one really knows you. So you really um, potentially sort of fighting an uphill battle. Perhaps that's a little grandiose, but... I'll use the term anyway, you know, fighting an uphill battle when you're going to look for your next role, especially if you want a role that really 
really is exciting, really makes the best use of your skills, and also presents you with skills and opportunities where you can grow your existing skills and continue to have an encouraging, a flourishing, really interesting and exciting career. So what do you do? I think from the experience that I'm starting to gain, public speaking can really turn that around. It can really turn it on its head. Now, I don't necessarily mean conference speaking, which is the kind of speaking that I'm on the way to doing at PHP World in November in Washington, DC. It can be at lightning talks at your local user group. It can be lightning talks or short talks at your local group, user group and the user groups in the surrounding area. It could also be at an online user group such as Nomad PHP. Or it can be at that, I, I guess, what would you say, a high level of conference speaking at conferences such as Sunshine PHP or PHP UK conference. And why I say it's really valuable is, is people see you, you become a name, you become a rec- recognizable face, you become a, a, a known quantity, you become, as some people say, some people say perception is reality, you become or can become sort of synonymous with what you talk about because perception is reality, as the saying goes. People hear a topic, hear or remember that you've talked on the topic, link you to the topic, perception again is reality, and you sort of become synonymous with that. Now what that can do is it can leapfrog your career because you then don't have to be the legend. You don't have to be the guru. You don't have to be the best of the best. Now, I'm not saying, and I don't want to infer for a minute, for a second even, that 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 any one or more of the speakers that, that you hear aren't experts. I can personally attest that a number of them definitely are. You know, some of the, the, the people that you'll hear are... are Man, they they really they they damn well blow me away. You know, I won't be PC about it. But you know, to not um, detract from from them, they don't need to be the absolute best. They don't need to be you know genius. I hope I've portrayed that correctly. I really do. But what I mean is is that you know there's uh, there's more to excellence, if you will. There's more to career growth than having being the hotshot with the technical skills. You know, you give the opportunity to teach, to help others, to build others up. So it's it's for those two reasons. It's giving back to the community and building your brand, your reputation, the awareness of who you are, that you exist, and the skills you have. That I truly believe that public speaking is something that we all should do at least once. Now, I know that public speaking, it it can feel intimidating. It's often remarked that we're born with, well, three fears, if you will. Loud noises, falling down, and talking in front of a crowd. And that crowd can be one person, it can be your mum. Now, whilst I agree that the first two are real fears, and the third one isn't, the third one can sure feel like a real fear. So the question then is, what do you do? How do you get over that fear? How do you build up that sense of confidence that, you know, getting in front of an audience, opening your mouth, saying, hi, I'm here to talk about topic X, in my own case, talking about generating SQL with the Zen DB SQL library, 
and making or building and running and growing a successful open source project. You know, these are the two topics I'm talking about at PHP World. How do you get over this sense of, oh my God, they're all going to laugh at me. Oh, they're going to slag me off on joined in. They're going to ask me hairball kind of questions and I'm going to look like a deer in the headlights or a complete idiot because, oh my God, I won't know something. How do you get over that? Well, to be fair, in, in the time that I have in, in today's episode, there isn't the time to cover all of it, but I don't want to cheat you out of it. I don't want to kind of give a good build up and then say, well, good luck to you. No, I'm not doing that. What I want to do is I want to share two really interesting pieces of advice or, or, um, not pieces because they're kind of a couple of bits. Okay, I'll say a couple of pieces of advice from people who I've really gotten a lot of, a lot out of. People who I believe are, are really good at what they do, but are also really good at delivering that at public speaking, at conveying that information and teaching it. And those two people are firstly Troy Hunt, who is a fellow Australian. He is a Microsoft MVP for security, a Pluralsight author. And as my good mate Gary Hocken, I, I, I dare say swears by, I, Gary, I don't think that's overstating how you feel. He's an all-around excellent public speaker. And the second is my mate Lorna Jane, you know, who I've learned, hey Lorna, I've, I've learned so much from. She has, despite whether she thinks it or not, she has counseled me over many years now in in public speaking, in coming out of my shell, in really communicating and teaching people. So I'm going to start with Troy. And I'm taking this uh, pretty much directly from um, a post that Troy wrote, uh, I believe back in June 2015. I'll have a link to it in the show notes. And in that, he talks about what he calls speaker style bingo, and there's 10 different styles of speakers that he's noticed. Now, one he calls the time traveler. And here's what Troy has to say. He says, the time traveler isn't conscious that the clock time is running faster than their brain time and is about 50% of the way through their talk when they hit 95% of their allocated time. They compensate by talking faster, cutting slides, keeping the audience late and possibly missing the next talk or simply not finishing at all. He then says, the whole premise... The whole premise of a beginning, middle, and end in a talk goes out the window and the audience is left hanging. So, and this is what I really, really was gobsmacked by, was he says the answer is preparation. And why I say gobsmacked is just how detailed he is. Troy says, but seriously, you've got to rehearse these things like crazy and also recognize that your pace and here's a, here's a really key point, changes between your private rehearsals and your public presentation. He says, on that point, I always, and he stresses always, have a timing sheet in large letters next to my iPad with a timer in an easy, in an easily glanceable location. He has a brilliant photo, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes. He finishes up this, uh, this part by saying, this is, and he stresses, invaluable. He says he refines the timing on subs on subsequent rehearsals and assures that it's accurate to the minute with two or three minutes to spare at the end, just in case he starts late or he has an issue. And these things can so commonly happen. He glances at it every few minutes 
and he either slows down the pace, usually by embellishing on a topic, or speeds up to get back on track. One final thing he says is here's the key. This has to be something you can check with a glance, otherwise you become preoccupied. Now, now I guess it's hard hearing the talk without seeing the example image, but think about that for a second. Think about the level of detail that you have put into the talk. Think about the, the amount of effort and how controlled you can be, how thorough you can be. As he says, you know, if, if you, if you wander off, you really risk, uh, basically devaluing your talk and robbing the listener of, of their time, the time that they, they gave to you based on the promise that your talk synopsis gave them. You know, that's an hour. That's, well, okay. It's, it's any, any measure of time. But for your bigger conference talks, that's anywhere from one to three hours that a person has given you that they've paid. You know, they could be working whether in a full time job. They could be, you know, dollars per hour or, you know, working on highly paid freelance projects that they've instead given to you. And if you're not careful, you've wasted their time. If you're not careful, you've gotten partway through, so the person's gotten really into what you've got to say, but then you have to end because the next talk's coming. You really don't want to do that. So I want to stress to have a read through this post and really think over, sorry, and really think over, you know, if not all of the other of these speaker styles, but point number seven, which is the time traveler, and really consider taking this approach when you're preparing your talk. The reason why I've jumped straight to this is that I will assume, and I think it's fair to say, that preparing your talk and practicing and rehearsing it goes without saying. I've had figures given to me of you can spend anywhere up to, say, 100, 150 hours on preparing a talk. Perhaps that's a little extreme for you. Perhaps it's right on the money. But I'll assume that that kind of preparation, you know, where you, you plan out what you want to say based upon your talk submission you work through it, you write it, you refine it, you practice it, you deliver it at a user group or maybe just to friends. And so you know that the talk material itself is good. Actually, I'll go one further. You know the talk material itself is great. But then the question is, how, you know, how do you, how do you make sure that when you're up on stage, it's delivered rock solid? And I think, and this is what I'm using for my, uh, will be using for my upcoming talks at PHP World. So if you're there, you will see an iPad or not, you know, you likely see an iPad up on stage with my run sheet if you're close enough. And I'm going to do my best, g'day Troy, to really do this, to make sure that this is what I stick to. So given I always hold the adage of never expect someone else to do what you wouldn't do yourself, I'll be doing this. So I'm going to put it to the test. I'm going to see how it works. And I hope, if nothing else, you'll consider doing this yourself. Now, the other piece of advice that I want to give to you is a post that Lorna Jane wrote, which is called The Microphone is Your Friend. Now, this one admittedly is a little too much to go through um, in the time that I have available. But in short, what Lorna does in her post is she goes through a series of types of mics. And the advice from Lorna that I want to talk about is based upon her post called The Microphone is Your Friend. And in that post, she talks about four types of microphones that you're likely going to get when you're up giving public speaking. These are the podium mic, the handheld mic, the clip-on or lapel mic, and the headset mic. And honestly, I think this is really this is this is really valuable because she 
she really gives the rundown, based on having used all of them, about the pros and the cons of each one, where they're good, where they're not so good, and what to watch out for. Now, the one I want to talk about, and the one I've had a bit of experience with previously, is the podium mic, and she said it's really interesting, and from experience at Toastmasters, I, I definitely tend to agree, is that with a podium mic, whilst it's great, whilst it's front and centre, it is stuck to the podium. So this might be great if maybe you're a bit of a nervy speaker or you want the podium for that sense of presence, perhaps. But if you're a bit like me and you just like to wander and you like to move around the room, perhaps this isn't as important if it's a smaller room, but if it's a bigger room, you know, you want to make sure that you look and engage and be a part of each section of the audience. You don't sort of want to sit in one spot and just effectively looked at perhaps one shallow section of the audience. So with a podium mic, you know, that can be really difficult, especially if maybe you don't have a pointer, because, you know, when you're using it, you can't move around the room. You have to be aware of, I, I think it's just like, I think technically it's called a shotgun mic. You have to be aware that it picks up your voice from one stock location. So if you move, you know, if, if you sway perhaps from, from side to side, if you have some kind of nervous twitch, which causes you to move around, the quality of your voice is going to move with it. You know, for a part of the time, you know, your voice will sound very commanding, very confident, very deep, very rich. And other times it'll tend to sort of fade away. It'll come in and it'll fade out. I'm, I'm trying to simulate this as I kind of move around the mic here in the studio. And so it's something definitely to be aware of. I don't want to, 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 to rip off Lorna's post. So I definitely encourage you to read it and encourage you to have a, have a look through and then perhaps look back on your experience and then the types of mics you had and the types of mics you use and keep that in mind. And also maybe one good thing would be is to get in touch with, say, if, you know, say if you've got a talk coming up soon, get in touch with the organizer and ask, you know, use the information in the post, keep it in mind and ask uh, the right questions, ask the pointed questions, ask uh, informed questions so you can be better prepared. Okay, maybe there's not much you can do about it. Maybe you do have a podium mic and you, you really want to freewheel it and you can't as much. But definitely it pays to keep that in mind and it'll help you be, I, I truly believe it'll help you be better prepared. If, as nothing else, as, as Alana says, you can choose the right clothing so that doesn't cause all kinds of problems or just be aware they have to sit still and stand still, kinder, or at the top end of the scale, you know you can move around, you know you have with a lapel mic that freedom to move around the room, to wave your hands like I do. Believe it or not, I'm doing it right now. Um, and you have that, that ultimate freedom. As with Troy's talk, you know, be prepared. That's, that's, that's what I'm trying to ram home here. You know, do your best and don't let little things catch you out. Be prepared and give an absolutely excellent, give the best public talk you can give. Anyway, I've blagged on a bit, though I was really excited to do it. I now want to introduce my guest. So he is the one, the only, he is Code Rabbi. I call him Yitz 
because despite speaking nearly kind of fluent German, I, I still can't pronounce his name properly. I'm sorry, it's, but I am trying. Anyway, in this fireside chat, as I said, which I have wanted to set up for so long, we talk about his wisdom as a service world tour, which I was very fortunate to be a part of. We talk about what it's like to run the tour, the time involved, the energy required, and how it's been received. We also talk about what he learned, what he's gotten out of it, what he's picked up so far. And something that I think is is really important, we talk about the value of human skills. One little caveat that I must say is there was more that I wanted to share. Unfortunately, I'm just going to, I'm just going to blame Skype and say Skype being what it is. There was a corruption with part of the audio. So I'm not able to give you all of it, but I can guarantee you what you get here. It is great value. I'm really excited to give that to you. So without any further ado, here is my fireside chat with Code Rabbi. So I guess if cutting back on more looking at the, at the tour and stuff, mm-hmm. was there have there sort of been particular highlights and stuff from the tour, like like sort of really maybe unexpected moments or sort of uh, sort of maybe conversations, not necessarily um, say feedback from from gi- from giving the talk or something, but maybe unexpected but pleasant surprises in conversations, say after one of the talks or you know things sort of something that. It's been sort of really special. It's really, you know, giving you more of maybe a pleasant surprise. Like you didn't expect it to happen, but wow, it was really great to to have had that experience. Yeah, so I'm not sure if there's any one thing that sticks out. There has been so many, so many wonderful conversations following the talks. People are, for whatever reason, and I, I, I love it. Uh, they feel very comfortable uh, after the talk coming up and, and starting a conversation with me mm-hmm. uh, and, because I'm not great at doing that myself. So that's really fantastic. And they'll ask questions and they'll share things. And, uh, you know, it's uh, one of the highlights really is after the talk and said, hey, you know, you said so, you said something about uh, uh, rubber ducking uh, right before you commit. Uh, he's, the a guy in Berlin tells me that uh, he uh, – he would review the diff because reviewing his commit line by line and file by file rather than in logical context made him think about it differently. And okay, often yeah. he would, it would remove blind spots. So, of course, the very next week, that was part of the talk. And mm-hmm. there's been three or four ideas like that that I've uh, crowdsourced, people coming up to me and sharing things. Uh, so I think that's, that's really been neat, uh, watching the talk evolve as I've incorporated some of the things that I've learned uh, as I've been giving it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I, guess, I guess the question maybe perhaps begs to be asked, given how it's gone so far, uh, maybe after the tour so it comes to an end and so forth, would you consider doing something like this again? <laughs> I think you need to ask my wife that. <laughs> She's really been the, uh, the hero of the tour, okay. uh, the tour's number one supporter. Yeah. I mean, I've been gone, uh, I think, over 80 days so far this year. Uh, and have a lot of lot of travel left, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't think I would ever take on something again of this magnitude. Yeah. Uh, though I plan next year to to continue traveling, uh, not not to this level, mm-hmm. but in my in my current role, there is um, 
uh, some room for community interaction and conference travel. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going away, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll be looking at a conference, uh, conference a month, a uh, user group a month maybe, as opposed to two or three. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's, I guess, perhaps sounds like more sustainable schedule. Yeah, something. Well, yeah, and I mean, there's such a thing as overexposure too, and, and mm -hmm. if there is, I'm definitely it. You know, I can't imagine that people are going to want to hear from Code Rabbi forever. Uh, <laughs> this happened to be the you know the right message at the right time, mm -hmm. and I kind of captured lightning in the bot in a bottle. And so when it runs its course, I don't uh, don't anticipate uh, having a talk that has this level of popu popularity again. Quite quite candidly, so. It's, it's interesting that, that you sort of use those phrases. I, I was reading a book uh, called, I'm not sure if you're familiar, it's called Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Sure, sure, I'm familiar. And he spoke a lot of that same phrase that he, he referred to um, in some of the subjects that, that he uh, had researched, was that term of you, can do, you could do really, really well. You could have the particular sets of skills and, and so on. But if the timing wasn't there... Not to say that you wouldn't do well, but timing itself can give you such a lift. Yes, yes, I think that's uh, that's really a, a big part of this. Mm. Uh, I recall. I don't know where it sources from, but I recall uh, in my immediate post college days, I worked in marketing, mm. and a sales manager had a, a sign, one of these supposedly motivational signs uh, mm -hmm. in his office, uh, saying that. Uh, Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Mm. So for something like this to take off, you have to have a good message. The message is not mine. Uh, you know, again, I put a different spin on it maybe, mm. but it's a, it's a classic message. But the opportunity, it was the right time and the right place. I, it's, it's funny that you sort of, you say a couple of times there that you, the, the message wasn't yours, though it's, it's, it's uh, common wisdom, if you will. I remember I listened to... Oh, I think back in my mid-20s, I read a lot and listened a lot to, to Tony Robbins. And I had some friends critique me saying, but what he's saying isn't anything new. It's not really original. And after a while I thought about it, I thought, well, maybe it's not. But, I mean, I, for me, I still like it. And perhaps he's taking a lot of existing wisdom. But then if it is so common, then why isn't it used more? You know, assuming that right. it's something very worthwhile, something very valuable. If it's so common, does, does that decrease its value in any way. I don't think so. No, no, not at all. In fact, I think uh, exactly the opposite. It's that it is, uh, you know, established classic wisdoms, and it's the mm -hmm. application that is is the key, making them rele immediately relevant for people. I think that's what's uh, really the key. I mentioned in the talk that uh, the Talmudic phrase, Yayin Yoshon Bekan Kan Chodoshim, which means aged wine in new flasks, Mm. It's classic wisdom, but with novel application. Mm. I liked how you, um, what would you say, the, the, for, for perhaps one of a better phrase, that, that, that packaging of it, because for me it, was on, on, it wasn't something I was sort of expecting to have it, to, to receive it in that way. And I think perhaps you could say I was caught off guard, in a good way I mean that. And I was, yeah, you sort of sit and go, okay, this is not what I was expecting. I'm, I'm going to sit here and, and give more, be more open than perhaps I would have if someone had 
delivered it in a more standard way, if you will. Yes, yes, I think so. And again, good fortune. I'm just telling you know my story and the observations mm-hmm. that I made between my uh, uh, my two careers. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it is. I think anytime that I think that whole paradigm of drawing from one's experiences in context A and applying them to context B, I think it's a it's a very engaging. Uh, you know, it's a uh, it's a, it's an attractive metaphor. Mm-hmm. It just happens here to be true, yeah. uh, but it's an attractive metaphor that that engages people. And yeah, you, um, I think that's a piece of it as well. You've got the classic wisdom, but that by itself, not so much. Uh, the application is that's great. I can take something home with me, so I'm going to pay attention. Mm-hmm. But by itself, not so much. Uh, and then, in an interesting and engaging way, like I said, it's it was kind of the perfect storm of things. Uh, I was very very fortunate. Uh, you know, for a first conference talk, uh, you know, for this to be it, yeah. um, it's going to be frustrating having, uh, you know, having peaked with my first talk. <laughs> Instead of having that, that gradual build up over time, you're still starting. Like, right like a mathematician that does their best work in their 20s and then can never recapture that. I think that's going to be my fate. Ah, well, I guess uh, there's worse things, perhaps. There are worse fates. <laughs> there were, and then there was, there was one other question I was going to ask you as well. I, I had it. I've lost it. I always struggle with that. Um, that must be contagious because it happens to me all the time. I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> but oh, it's it, awful. I was listening to you on Dev Hell. I'll, I'll fumble through it. I'll see how I go. I was listening to you on Dev Hell uh, a little while ago, and there was it was yourself, and there was this big sort of group. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we were at. Uh, oh my gosh, where were we? That was not Lone Star. That must have been. Oh, that was PHP Tech. Yeah. Yeah. And no, nah, I'm not. Unfortunately, I'm not getting it back. I, I had it. I, I swear, I had this this question only about three minutes ago, and it was something that came up during during a conversation. But unfortunately, I think if I tried to to, to push it, it wouldn't. The uh, the focus of the episode ended up being soft skills and soft skills talks. <laughs> yes. Yes, that was the one. It was the soft skills aspect. Um, and yourself, and I think everybody there, but yourself and and. Chris Hart used put a lot of emphasis on this this question of when people go to conferences, there's the person paying for it says, I want to have like a quantitative result. You have learned or you should have learned A, B, C, D and E. But what I heard through the podcast was very much the opposite. It's okay, yeah, you learn technical skills, but you can teach anybody a technical skill. That the the and then there was also the push for saying, we won't call it a soft skill, we'll call it a like a non-technical skill, I think. Right, right. Human skills, yeah. Exactly. And, and that was much more important, that ability to relate and, and all those non-tech aspects. And I was, when I was talking to Cal, uh, Cal Evans recently, mm-hmm. I, I brought up this reference. There's a, there's a TV show here and it's about all these people who... Um, have, have emigrated from Germany to somewhere else. And okay. one particular person, well, it's, it sort of semi-follows them to different degrees. It's a bit, um, you know, sort of done up for TV and so forth. But this one reference I thought was good and, and, and relevant to that point was that there was this young lady, I think perhaps mid-20s, goes into, she'd moved to Spain and she uh, applied for a job as a personal trainer. And for the most part, the interview went well. Uh, sorry, she applied at this local fitness studio. And the interview went really well. But the people said, 
the, the end result was they said, look, on the whole, we like you. Your technical skills aren't to the level that we'd like them to be. However, as a person, we feel that you can relate really well to people. You have that, that sense of you know who you are, you know where you want to be, that sense of rapport with people. You know, we can teach you, you know, how to say to people, lift in this way, stand in this way, here's what is a good sense of nutrition and, and so on. Exactly. But if you didn't have that rapport or the willingness to, to, to build it up yourself, we can't teach you that and, you know, we can't work with you. And it, it was just, and I really liked how that was more important. And then hearing Dev Hell, that kind of, broadly that kind of focus was there as well, that sense of the, the personal aspect carried a lot more weight and a lot more value. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think, uh, you know, it's still wanting, uh, you know, the value uh, for the non-technical talks, you know, isn't uh, as well established amongst those uh, uh, writing the checks mm -hmm. <laughs> for their developers to, uh, to attend. Uh, you know, you need to be able to, to quantify uh, these, uh, these training purchases. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, that's unfortunate. Um, because we we see at the conferences uh, some of the most popular, well attended talks. The ones that people are talking about, the ones that people remember, uh, are the ones that they're using six and eight months from now uh, mm -hmm. and beyond. And those are the human skills talks uh, more than more than technical talks. Um, I just came back from Laracon, for instance, mm -hmm. and uh, Laracon had a fantastic lineup. It's a single track conference yeah. and had a fantastic lineup. Uh, over 50% of which I would say had uh, significant non-technical and certainly non-Laravel content. Uh, and in the, in the lead-up to Laracon, I had spoken to, to Taylor Atwell, who was putting the conference together, and he said he wanted something that uh, you couldn't just get uh, from a tutorial on the Internet. Mm -hmm. And I think that really captures it. Conference goers... Uh, yes, an engaging tech talk, uh, you know, we enjoy them. For sure we do. Mm. But if it's a choice between that and something meaningful, something that, I, that I'm, I'm learning from someone else's wisdom and experiences, mm -hmm. and not just they're giving me over facts, uh, the wisdom and experience talks, which are typically around these quote-unquote soft skills, I think are going to win out every time. How do you, and I, I, I agree, because it, it always feels more meaningful. I mean, maybe it's perhaps in an abstract feeling at times and you can't quantify it as such. But it always feels like you kind of broadened yourself as opposed to a particular skill. Um, how do you, do you feel there's a way of, as you say, communicating that sense of value to the person that's writing the checks who who isn't as personally engaged but is the one who's kind of making the, the travel and attendance possible? Do, do you feel there's specific ways of uh, putting that across to them so that they can understand it, they can see it. Feed, feedback uh, back up the line mm -hmm. when you come back and you're, you know, I know some companies require an after report for conference uh, conference uh, trips. Uh, and even if not, mm -hmm. uh, communicate to the people uh, paying the bills that what you found most meaningful was X and Y and Z. Mm -hmm. uh, that's you know, only only over time, getting that type of feedback uh, consistently, uh, will will that change? Okay. I guess I might sort of freewheel. I've sort of gone through all the questions that I that I'd written down and, and thought of as I was going along. Um, perhaps as you, as 
Yeah, I'll, I'll segue on one, one more thing. You Go said ahead. earlier that, you know, you, perhaps you'd sort of peaked right at the start of the career and instead of at the end. For, for say, newer conference speakers, like perhaps myself and, and others who are listening who haven't perhaps committed to something or were just thinking about it, saying, well, you know, maybe I could get up there and do it myself. But, you know, you have that, that first-time sense of nervousness, you know, all the, the things that run through your mind of, will someone pick on me? Will people laugh at me? You know, from, from the trivial, the silly, to the perhaps uh, meaningful concerns. What would you... Is there advice you could sort of give them? Um, are these worries really unfounded? I, I think in the main they're unfounded. Uh, you know, I think we have a... Uh, uh, tremendous, uh, I think imposter syndrome is, uh, you know, endemic uh, within our community, mm -hmm. and it seems to manifest even more so uh, with skills that are just a little bit out of our day-to-day, -day, like uh, public speaking, for instance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a very, you know, you're up on stage, you're very exposed. So, you know, I understand the, the, the horrible crash and burn fears, but, you know, you know more than you think you know. Uh, and if you're, if you're motivated to, uh, if you have a, a desire to get up there and give over your knowledge, it's going to be well received, uh, rehearse, uh, you know, work with local user groups mm -hmm. and, and practice it there so that you've got smaller, less intimidating, less intimidating audiences that can give you immediate, um, uh, feedback after the talk, uh, mm -hmm. so that you can grow your skills and then just get up there and do it. Uh, you know, we are... Developers tend to be uh, relatively self-limiting, and it's very unfortunate. Uh, a lot of a lot of missed opportunities uh, for the one sharing their knowledge and for the community at large. Okay, all right. Well, I mean that's encouraging for me. Um, it's I, I just I had that sort of feeling that I don't know, just a sense of intimidation. I mean, the closer that PHP world comes around, um, I, ironically, I think the less that that actually feels the case. It was always sort of before I actually committed to doing something, there was all this sense of, of fear and intrepidation. But after I got that email to say, you know, yes, you've been accepted, it's like, oh, well, right. all right, I guess I have to do this now, and so we'll just get past that. Yeah, then you've got your feel, you've got a feeling of obligation that's driving you. You've got excitement uh, that's driving you. You've got pride that's uh, driving you. You're busy with actually putting the talk together, and that is, uh, you know, there's a certain fun in that, in creating a you know, really bang-up slide deck and, and fine-tuning fine your various turns of phrases. All of that then works against the, oh, my gosh, you know, what's going to happen to me up in front of all those people? <laughs> uh, but at, mm -hmm. it seems at the point of submission where you don't have all that working for you, you know, then the, the imposter syndrome seems to be stronger. Uh, okay. Submit, submit, submit. And uh, you'll be surprised, uh, you know, how, how good it turns out. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll definitely keep that in mind. I've got to spend more time on the two talks tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping, I, I'm hoping it goes across really well. And I have those same feelings. Mm -hmm. You know, this, this talk, I, I had those feelings prior to this talk, uh, you know, especially because it was a little off the beaten track. Mm -hmm. And, okay, I don't... I'm, I'm a relatively comfortable uh, public speaker. It's something I've been doing since I was a young person. Uh, so that and the fact that the talk, you know, was initially well received. So this talk, I don't have those feelings. But with any new talk, I'm always quite nervous how how it's going to be received. Uh, I recently did a Nomad PHP, and that was that was terrifying because I couldn't see the people, so mm -hmm. I got no immediate feedback. 
uh, I got some joined-in feedback, which was nice, and just made my day. Somebody came up to me at Laracon saying, oh, I heard you're Nomad PHP on state machines. Because this was a paying audience, even. Mm. And I guess conference talks are a paying audience as well, but I think when it's a multi-track talk, you know, they're there anyway. Maybe they could go to somebody else, they could go to me, but here, they're they reached into their wallet and they paid just to see me, mm-hmm. and they were happy. But I, I was terrified before that. I've got, um, I think, three new talks coming up in the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and until until I've given them, uh, it'll, it'll be all butterflies. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. That's so, perfect. so even after the the success of the of the Wisdom as a Service World Tour, they're still there. Absolutely. I know I can carry myself on stage. I'm not scared of that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still content and mm-hmm. perspective and does the do I have the content does the um, community and the audience do they appreciate my perspective uh, and especially you know more tech technical talks uh, you're not always going to be the smartest person in the room mm-hmm. uh, on that topic you don't have to be uh, but there's there's always that nervousness mm-hmm. that uh, you know I'm going to get called out on something that uh, I thought I knew but I actually didn't. Uh, <laughs> it's completely unfounded, but that's yeah. you know that's what that little voice in your head uh, uh, does to you. And the biggest advice is just stop listening to that little voice. Okay, I'm doing my best to bear that in mind. Um, but with that, uh, we'll uh, wind to a close. But as I always like to do, is you know, what. What else have you got sort of going on? Is there like a new book? Is there something that yeah you'd like to let everybody know about? Um, I don't have any new personal projects at this point. You know, I've been kind of overwhelmed with the the world tour mm-hmm. and uh, Shore PHP and New York PHP, which I organize. Mm-hmm. Uh, those have been um, more than enough to keep me busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the blogging has has slowed quite a bit. Uh, you very frequently find me absent in my own IRC channel. Mm-hmm. So the tour has really becoming, uh, become relatively all-encompassing in terms of uh, pers- personal projects. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited that I accepted uh, recently a full-time role for the first time in years and years. Wow. Uh, and that's probably the most exciting thing that uh, I have going on right now. I was, uh, for the vast majority of my career, a contract developer and consultant. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked for both the best and worst employer in the world. Me, <laughs> okay, and and that worked out quite well. That seemed to be a good fit. But uh, my last, or what now is my last, uh, consulting uh, client, uh, a company called Grovo Learning in New York City, mm-hmm. uh, made me the proverbial offer I couldn't refuse. Uh, the opportunity to work with uh, the develop the the engineering team to establish the um, establish the professional standard for engineering. Uh, for the team. What wow. is clean code? What is maintainable code? What is um, appropriate levels of testing? How do we get there? Mm-hmm. So I have the opportunity now to mentor directly and coach and train uh, full-time. Fantastic. So I'm actually, I'm actually commu- commuting into New York City for the first time uh, for the first time ever, something I swore that I would never do, <laughs> but never say never. I'm, I'm loving every minute of it. Wow, oh, congratulations. Thank you. All right. Well, um, thank you very much for, for taking the time to, to have a talk with me and be on the Absolutely. show. I enjoyed every minute. It's, I did. Excellent. Likewise, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much, Matthew. All right. Great talking to you and um, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thank you. You too. Take care. No worries. Bye. So what did you think about the fireside chat with Code Rabbi? 
I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot in there. I admit that there was more to the fireside chat um, that I wanted to put in. Unfortunately, I don't know, owing to the, perhaps the vagaries of Skype, I wasn't able to to put everything in because some of it was corrupted. Uh, I am honestly sorry about that. I'd love to have given you more because there was there was so much more gold in there. But that being said, I still feel that there was yeah you know, there was so much from what we talked about from from what he mentioned. So I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did making it. I hope you got a lot out of it. If you did, I really just want to I want to strongly say please let me know. Please add a rating on iTunes or add a rating on the show on episode four. We've got discussed comments for every episode now. I would really, really love to hear what you think. So let me know, even if it's, you know, not for me, for Code Rabbi, for any other, any of the other guests that have on the show. I'd really love to know what you think, because that way, you know, it helps. It helps guide the show to say, okay, this sucks, but that's going really well. And so I can guide the show. I can you know, continue to, to do the best I can to, to make it better, to give you the best that I can, the best that I can find. So big plug, leave some, you know, drop some comments on any of the, any of the episodes, past and past to current, doesn't matter. I just want to know what you think. And one last thing, coming up in two weeks, I have the irrepressible Zend Framework aficionado and Rove stalwart, Gary Hocken. All around good bloke, lovely fella, where we talk about the ins and outs of building both a brand and a reputation as a freelancer. We talk about loads and loads of stuff, including social media, speaking at conferences, getting on podcasts, and all the bits and pieces. So join me then on the 14th of September for building a brand as a freelancer with the wonderful Gary Hawkins.